Hi, welcome to The Truth of Tal and Isaac. I'm Tal, and this is Isaac, episode number 10, The Truth with Tal and Isaac. Here to talk about sports. Agenda for tonight, we're going to do an NFL playoff update. We're going to do the NBA's best small forwards in history with a slight twist. And then we're going to talk about sports road trips. Uh, but before we get into that, there is a ton of things happening in sports. So a few items off the top. Philip Rivers retires. Hall of Famer? 100%. Ooh. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it'll be first ballot, but I think the consensus is the smart people, the truth, is that Rivers is going to make the Hall of Fame look. He was never, we talked a little bit about this, he was never a top three quarterback. He might have not been a top five quarterback. I think he might have been, but he was put in a terrible situation. I don't with, believe you can make the Hall of Fame if you were never the top five in your position. Like maybe for a season, but not good enough. I love Philip Rivers. He was a great use gamer. No way he's making a Hall of Fame. I just look at all-time records, right? All-time passing yards, all that stuff. He's up there for a lot of them. And I, and I think it'll be hard to leave him out with, with his name up there. It's comparable to Matt Stafford. Like when Matt Stafford retires, yeah, he's going to get tons of stats. Is he a Hall of Famer? No, I don't think so. Uh, Haskins to Pittsburgh. I think that was just today. You wanted to chat a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Look, like I don't think Haskins is very good, but he's young. Like He's very young. And he's got a lot of potential. Like, he's a big body and is actually, in a few ways, pretty similar to a younger Big Ben. So I think that Pittsburgh might want to run it back with Big Ben because, like, I don't think they're going to have Haskins there as their third string if they were going to bring in somebody else. Like, I think that they want another year with Big Ben. So is Haskins now the backup and what do they do, let Mason Rudolph go? Probably. Maybe they send him off to Cleveland so he can be buddies with Miles Garrett again. Or do some of the New Orleans thing where they mix in a bit of uh, stuff like maybe uh, Taysom Hill? I don't think that you know Haskins is comparable to Taysom Hill. I don't think they'll do anything like that. But it's interesting. It's something to keep your eye on. But I think Big Ben, this shows me that they don't intend to get you know a guy like Stafford or one of those guys, Matt Ryan. They want to run it back with Ben. Okay, I agree. Uh, big three in Brooklyn lost, which makes me happy. Listen, we generally love sports. We don't cheer against people. But I'm very comfortable saying I cheer against Kyrie and I cheer against Harden. Uh, and they lost last night to Pittsburgh. It was actually, we just watched uh, the, the fourth quarter in overtime. In two overtimes. Oh, so awesome. It was so cool. Yeah, Sexton went off. He went nuts. Like he was, uh, like I heard comparisons to when Clay Thompson just like cut the ball and just jacked it up. Yeah. It's basically that, except Sexton would bring it down the court and then pick and roll, shoot from 25 feet out. Yeah, and Kyrie didn't play uh, tough. Like Kyrie just wasn't playing tough. Like he had a great game offensively. But the dude on the other side, in your exact jersey, same number, same, right? In a Cleveland Cavaliers number two jersey, did what uh, Kyrie used to do back in Cleveland. Yep. Uh, NHL seems to actually be doing pretty well with their four divisions. Except the funny thing is, COVID has only seemed to affect Washington, which is kind of funny because... We thought they got rid of all that COVID yesterday. Yeah, we thought they dumped the trash yesterday. Nah, they still have some trash that they got to uh, clean out. Wizards and Capitals. Yep, Wizards and Caps. I almost said the Bullets. You guys don't even remember this, but Washington used to be called the Bullets. But then the whole violence... Wes Unsled? Wes Unseld. Yes. Beast. Uh, Just quick little mention about MVP candidates for uh, for the NBA. Two big guys, right? The Joker and Embiid are both MVP... Uh, favorites at this point you probably mix in Luca, but you know it's no longer a center league 
Well, two big guys are two of the best players in the league right now, so that's kind of interesting. He's just saying that because he has Jokic on his fantasy team, and he's so happy that he got Oh, my God, Jokic is awesome. A couple of things that are happening in the podcast. We have some guests coming up. We're going to start to mix in uh, some people with some call-ins, which will be fun. Uh, I think that's probably next week. Hopefully, yeah. Okay, hopefully next week we'll get some of our uh, favorites like Urban Paul and uh, Dale and Evan and uh, maybe Gavin to uh, have a few minutes of sports chatter with us. Uh, A couple other things. If you uh, watch us on YouTube, please like and subscribe to our podcast subscribe not subscribe I'm not so good with that word you can't say it uh, like and subscribe to uh, our YouTube podcast and then if you listen to us in any of the traditional podcasts Spotify Google or Apple please leave a review on those because we want to bump up our profile obviously if we get Evan and Urban Paul on that's going to our yeah. readership will just jump and then hopefully we get some real celebrities uh, Dakota Shepley and Luke Wilson and Joe Siddle uh, some local Windsor uh, guys that I think would be great podcast guests. And Coach Havy. Mike Havy would be a good guest as well. Um, ready to jump in the agenda? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, playoff games. Past weekend was great playoff games. Uh, let's just jump into Casey and Cleveland. Man, that fourth down call. That's awesome. So, so, Tony Romo is, you know, the guru of... of uh, NFL analyst, he was you know good quarterback, uh, you know borderline Hall of Fame if you're a Cowboys fan, um, and he was shocked. He was saying, "Oh, they're just going to call a timeout. They're going to try and draw him offside." And they, after they ran that fourth down play, obviously they got a first down. Game was over. The comparison that I said was when Marino faked the spike and then uh, threw the touchdown pass against the Jets about mm, 30, 30 years ago. Uh, ago. Chad Henney, what'd you think? It's awesome. Like, first uh, playoff snap ever, I think, right? Yes. And he's 35, I think. Like, it was sweet, and it was a good weekend for Michigan quarterbacks. Tom and Henney balled out. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so big play call there. But the Browns are a good team. Nick Chubb is awesome. Yeah. Baker's stats weren't great, but he played pretty well. He did. And the question is, what would have happened if Odell was there? You know, obviously they probably wouldn't have been in that exact game in that scenario, but it's a question like next year, they run it back with basically the same team, I think. Listen, up until like five weeks ago, there was a lot of questions about Baker in Cleveland, and now uh, those questions are answered. They're going to run with him, and, and Baker's, you know, probably a top 10 quarterback, oh, maybe. No, dude, recent spies. No way. He's not better than Stafford. Okay. All right, I'm happy saying 15. I, like I, even though the Lions and the Browns have a lot in comparison, um, anyway, it's a great game, very enjoyable, very entertaining, good for football. Uh, Packers and the Rams, not a lot to talk about. It was too bad that uh, Rams didn't really show up. Uh, big dude Aaron Donald was kind of dinged up, but he didn't have much no, of a game. No, Donald Goff was dinged up. Cup didn't even play. It, it wasn't a very good game, and. Coming from two guys that absolutely hate the Packers. It's definitely not a good game. Yep. Um, but Devonta Adams is really, really good. Whew. Like, Jalen Ramsey is maybe the best cornerback in football. And was talking a lot. Adams talked a bit, but I think uh, the cornerbacks typically do most of the, talk- and the talking. When it comes to a guy like Adams, like, you know, when it's A.B., A.B. does all the talking. But, like, who can stop Adams? Who can even limit Adams? Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be tough. It'll, yeah, uh, I don't, he, he, he's a he's a tough matchup. 
They have to have blanket coverage on him for oh, sure. And and we'll talk a little bit about this later. But if the Packers can run the ball like they did against the Rams in the conference championship and then in turn the Super Bowl, no one will beat them. If they run the ball like that, man, unstoppable. Listen, Packers are my pick. I don't want to talk about that. Enough, okay, enough Packers. Bills and Ravens, uh, not a pretty game, uh, not a ton of points scored, but uh, it was mildly entertaining with you know some quarterbacks that made some, some cool plays and some not-so-good plays. Uh, Ingram released, which is sad. I'm not surprised. Um, I know he hasn't like got a lot guy. of touches. No, like he was a healthy scratch past few weeks, but like really liked in Baltimore, especially during his or Lamar's MVP season. Yep. Um, and... The Baltimore defense looked really good. They limited the Bills to 10 points, right? Because they finished with 17, one of which was the pick six. Yep, 101-yard pick six, which is big. So 10 points, limiting Josh Allen in that offense to 10 points is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, listen, I, uh, the Bills are awesome, and the Bills are uh, were actually my pick to run to the Super Bowl as well. So, listen, if their offense plays the same way they did against KC, they don't have a, a chance but I actually, I, I do think, I think they're going to bounce back and have a really good game. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Bucks and the Saints, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know, n- not as great a game as we wanted. It was a lot of hype. It was Sunday night. Uh, do that analysis. You, you mentioned about Breeze the other day and throwing those kids. Yeah, so first of all, I think Breeze is done. I, like, I think you agree. We talked about it, and I, I think what happens is Breeze is probably going to try and rest for about two days, and then he'll start working out and training. And if he can throw the ball again, he may say, okay, I'm going to run it back one more time. But I, I'd say that's unlikely. I just don't think he has much left in his body. And uh, the uh, Saints are in an awful cap situation, so they're probably going to have to let some guys go, either on offense or defense. Mm-hmm. So Breeze is probably thinking, uh, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I think Breeze is done. But uh, post-game, Brady and Breeze were out there on the field with uh, with Breeze's family. And they're thrown to Drew's kids, who are beasts. Like, they're going to be in the NFL for sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tom was thrown to them in the end zone. And Drew threw a ball to them. And I'm pretty sure he threw one of the balls left hand. So, like, I don't want to speculate, but... Is that because he's ambidextrous? Or is that because his right shoulder is ready to fall is, off? He's done. And, uh, like, everybody likes Breeze. I, I hope he retires. Like, I don't want to see him come back and just get beat on for another year. Like what would have happened if Rivers came back, I think. Yep, I agree. I think now, similar comparison. Like Peyton retired he probably a year, like he should have retired a year early, but he was on a Denver team that had an awesome defense. Yep. So if New Orleans can switch to like a, a big ball control, but I, I, I just don't think that's happening. Uh, I think Breeze should step away and people will tip their hat to him and say a good career. And we'll move on to the conference championships now, but uh, the Bucks receivers need to catch the ball. <laughs> like, I don't like the Bucks. I just really want to see Tom succeed. But they AB, make a lot of mistakes. AB, AB Godwin and Evans. Um, the, there's just a lot of plays where it looks like they either run the wrong route or they they don't catch a ball or they just kind of like take it easy, which sucks. Like Tom needs. Tom went to Tampa to get weapons. He has weapons. But the weapons aren't really playing as good as they should be, in my opinion. I think, like, here's the problem. Tampa Bay, as a franchise the last few years, they have not been disciplined. So so you still see those problems, and it pisses Brady off, and he holds people accountable. That's, you know, listen, when you have six rings and you're arguably the best uh, team sports player of all time, mm-hmm. 
you're allowed to yell at people. And you see him yelling at offense. You see him yelling at defense because they're he wants to win a championship. In order to win a championship, you have to be smart. You can't make mistakes. Okay, so predictions. Uh, Casey Buffalo, give me uh, your synopsis. So I'll say my score. I have 34-29 Chiefs. I think Mahomes plays. They still put up a ton of points. But the like, I think the spread is pretty tight. Like it might be three or so. I don't um, know. I have Casey covering. The Bills can't beat anybody if they don't have a running game, right? Like any of these teams, these caliber teams. If, in order to beat Casey, you gotta have Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill on the bench. And in order to do that, you gotta get Singletary involved. You gotta run the ball a bit. So if they don't run the ball or can't run the ball, there's no way they win. So, I don't know if it was episode 7 or 8 when we did our uh, playoff predictions. Actually, I had Buffalo winning this game. Uh, and I didn't know why. I just like, okay, I'm going to go Buffalo. One, because they've got Allen. They've had a good season. But Mahomes is dinged up, right? Not yes. only uh, did he have the concussion, which was actually really scary, but his uh, toe is hurt. And realistically, his mobility is a big part of his game. So, I think... Mahomes is healthy. They win without a doubt. Mahomes is probably going to be 65 or 70%. And that's just enough for Buffalo to score uh, a late touchdown. I got the Bills winning 27-24. You always like to make up late touchdowns or field goals. That just never happen. Like, say the Bills are going to win 31-30. Don't make up like, oh, they're going to have a late touchdown drive with 38 seconds left. Like, don't do that. But If I get it right, it would <laughs> yeah, be awesome. Yeah, yeah. One for 100. Um Packers, Bucks. Look, I hate Green Bay. Like, hate Green Bay, and I hate Aaron Rodgers, but they're going to win. Like, I also said that the Saints were going to beat the Bucks, so who knows. But uh, I know what happened earlier when they when these two teams played. Very, very different circumstances. First of all, that was in Tampa, and pretty nice weather. They're playing at, at Green Bay in crappy weather. Tom's built for that. The weather's actually not terrible. It's only two or three degrees it's not Tampa weather, uh, below. No, it's not Tampa weather for sure. But and it's only the, two or three degrees the, below. The softies on Tampa? No way they can survive. So I have the, the Packers winning 28-21. I have them covering 28-21 Packers. Late touchdown? Yeah, late touchdown. <laughs> um, if the Packers run the ball, like I said, if the Packers run the ball like they did before, they're beating the Bucs, they're probably beating the Chiefs if they continue to run the ball to that degree. The The key to the game is, can the Bucs put pressure on Rodgers? When they initially played earlier, when the Bucs killed them, they got to Rodgers. They got in his head. If they can do that again, we might have an upset here. But if Rodgers has time in the pocket, he'll pick them apart and, and win. So I have 20-21 Green Bay. Yeah, I've got the pack winning uh, 31-27. Listen, um, Rogers is going to be the MVP. He has such command of his team, and they're, I don't like they're going to win, right? But you admit it, right? Rogers yeah, no, is playing yeah. on fire. Yeah. He's going to control the ball. I think Tampa's going to score some points, and it will be a close game, but not uh, a late, late touchdown to win. <laughs> uh, so we each have a Green Bay winning, and then we've got the KC Green Bay. Uh, no. You think Casey Green Bay. I think Buffalo Green Bay. And so we'll uh, talk about that sometime between uh, this next weekend and then the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll do a Super Bowl episode. But I just before we move on, I want to point out, I have never wanted to change my pick more than I do right now. Like I so badly want to see 
Green Bay lose and Tom to move on. Um, but I can't. The conversation, like, if the Bucks pull off the upset, like, you know that we're going to turn into a Tom Brady fan page for at least one episode. Oh, 100%. Maybe two episodes just dedicated to Tom Brady. And, like, we'll talk about some of the defensive young guys that I liked a lot. White on defense, just an animal oh all over the field. All I'd like over. him to, to hurt Aaron Rodgers. Not um, too bad, though. Listen, Cleveland was in in the fourth quarter. And when they announced that Mahomes is not coming back early fourth quarter... Like, I don't know what win probability percentages, because ESPN does that, and real super nerds do that. Moneyball. Moneyball. I think Cleveland was probably favored to win at some point, and that would have been enormous. So, that's why they play the games. I'm okay. looking forward to this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's flip to best small forwards in NBA history. Uh, lots of debate on this one, but here's the one item. Neither of us like LeBron. So, he's Sorry. not on the list. Sorry, Evan. <coughs> Sorry, Evan. So we're going to list the top NBA small forwards of all time. And we're not going to have LeBron in that conversation. I know there's some discussion about who's a small forward and not a small forward. But LeBron, uh, you're sitting the bench in this one. You're going off doing Space Jam. Uh, and let's let's jump into uh, some guys. Yeah, so um, LeBron, like he's won on both of our lists by a very fair margin. And it's just like... Like when we do shooting guards next episode, there's going to be a guy that we're going to not spend too much time on because it's so obvious. That Michael so, Jordan's not going to be on the list. So that's why we're not going to spend two minutes talking about or three minutes talking about why LeBron's the best. Okay? So with that down, uh, honorable mentions. Do you have a few? Um, I got a couple. The Human Highlight film, uh, Dominique Wilkins, was awesome. Mm-hmm. Man, he was fun to watch. Uh, Grant Hill. He you know, perhaps didn't get as much... Uh, pub, uh, you know, he missed some key years. Publicity, in his, don't say publicity. Pub. Yeah, he missed some key years because of injury after he left Detroit, and Detroit put a hex on him. Um, but Grant Hill was awesome, and Bernard King, mm-hmm. uh, he was amazing. Uh, anybody who's a Pistons fan remembers when Bernard King roasted them in that one playoff series uh, a couple years ago. When I say couple, couple. I mean twenty-seven yeah. years ago, something maybe more. Uh, so those are my honorable mentions. Oh, sorry, one last one, uh, John Havlicek. Yeah, so yeah. I've got I've got Dominique, I've got Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah. You know, if if they were able to to win last year, different conversation we're having, but you know they folded. But Kawhi's still up there. Rick Barry. Oh, that's a good pick for too. sure. Uh, yeah. James Worthy was really really close. Big game, James. And I then am. and then John Havlicek, I had almost come in. Okay, so I guess the, we'll jump into number five. I've got uh, Elgin Baylor's number five. Like, honestly, huge stats. I knew he was a good player, but, man, 27 points, 13 boards. Or, yeah, 13 boards, four dimes in a league when they did not give assists nearly as much as they do now. Uh, he was a beast. So I, I like Baylor. I'll talk about him in a minute. I've actually got Scotty here. Oh, Paul Morrell's going to be so upset with you. So I've got Scotty. Look. Rings matter when it comes to this, and he has six of them. So there's no debating that, but Urban, Paul, hear me out for a minute. People that want Scotty really high, Jackson, I know you love Scotty Pippen, just give me a minute. Look, Scotty Pippen might have been the best number two in perhaps sports history, but there's a lot what of... What about no- Magic and Kareem when they played together for a few years? That's 0.5, 0.5, add up to one. They're both, right, like 1A, okay. 1B, I think. He's, they're um, not, you're not looking at either of those guys as uh, as a number two. No, and they're not in this debate right now. Okay. So I'm not talking about that. Six rings, that's big time. But 
little snippy tonight. Okay, relax. <laughs> like, look, here's the deal. He couldn't carry a team to anything. The guys ahead of him uh, could. Yeah. And obviously, like people are going to say, I don't want to turn this into a Michael thing, but Michael wouldn't have won six without Scotty. I disagree with that. Um, I think he still would have, maybe not six, but Michael made Scotty, right? Scotty came into the league as a defensive guy who really had a limited offensive game. And after Chicago, when he was older and left, couldn't really do anything. When Mike went to play baseball, Scotty actually had a good year, but they couldn't win anything. So I have Scotty here, one of the greater, you know, one of the greatest defenders ever, point forward, but uh, not a one. And you need to be a one in this in this debate. Okay, so you've got Scotty as five. Actually, I have Scotty as four. Uh, he was a great player. Like, listen, we are listing him as one of the top. Yeah, small I, yeah, he's awesome in the history of the game. He's ahead of, you know, Dominic Wilkins and Grant Hill and Bernard King, and like he's ahead of a lot of great Hall of Fame players. Uh, you know, again, we did a little bit of pregame with uh, Urban Paul on this one. If he had not had the bad migraine game against the Pistons, and he had not chose to sit on the bench during that one game where they chose uh, Tony Kukoc to take the last shot, he might even be higher on this list, and certainly his reputation nationally would be a bit better. He did a couple of bonehead plays that, that hurt him. Great all-around player, but just you know not not one of the top three or four. Yeah, so Scotty, awesome. But small forward is a stacked position. Small forward and, and center might be the two most stacked positions. And unfortunately, Scotty's down as a small forward. So that's, so that's why I have him there. So who do you have as number four? I've got Baylor here. I have okay. Elgin Baylor. Uh, like he said, great score. But I just want to, like a little story when I was doing some research about Baylor, that this is pretty awesome. In the 1961-1962 season, Baylor was called into active duty as a United States Army reservist. This meant that Baylor could only play during the Lakers' weekend games. As a result, Baylor only played in 48 games this season. However, despite that, he still scored more than 1,800 points and averaged 38.3 a game. Oh my gosh. Playing so on during the, the week, he's working out with the Army, and then he's just coming in Friday and Sundays and balling. And later in that season, they lost in the finals, right? So Baylor 0-8 in the finals, I believe. Oh. It sucks. Uh, well, probably they lost to Boston seven times or yeah. something. Yeah, and in this one, in this year, when he was a reservist, they yeah. lost to Boston, but he set the... The record for most points scored in an NBA Finals game with 61. Michael's come close. Uh, I think Jerry West has come close, but no one's touched 61, and no one probably will until Miami's back to the championship, and Hero is better at this point. <laughs> but um, I know rings really do matter, but when you're a guy like Baylor, like I think Baylor, if you plopped him into today's league, he would be awesome. That it's a great story, and obviously uh, the young fella to my left does a lot of research, and that's that's good research. And I'm smarter than you. And that's the truth. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You got you got some uh, got some work to do there, young blood. Uh, number three, I've got KD. Uh, he's soon going to be number two or number one on this list. He can do it all. He can guard anybody. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. I, I feel bad that I wish bad things upon the Nets because I really do like and respect KD. Yeah. Uh, he's amazing to watch. Uh, and uh, who's the guy who was picked ahead of KD? Oh, was, I, I couldn't tell you. Greg Odin. Was it Odin? Okay. Yeah, good good pick. <laughs> uh, nice job. Um, but KD, awesome. Yeah. So this is a tough one. There's two guys that like are basically tied, in my opinion, currently speaking. 
So I'm actually going to go with Dr. J here. Okay. Now I'm so you've go got Dr. J as four or three? Um, You're doing three. Well, technically four, right? Because okay. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah. So I've got Dr. J here. Um, he was awesome. Like, carried the ABA for a long time and then went to the NBA and was awesome in Philly and, and beat the Showtime Lakers in the finals. Moses Malone was the MVP of that series. But if you look at Dr. J's stats, like he just put up huge numbers. Yeah. Wasn't a great shooter. Never really was. Nope. But didn't need to be because the you know the high-flying dunking that we have in today's league. And he had a, a different him. game back then. Shooting was not uh, not nearly as much emphasis as uh, as there is today. Uh, so I like Dr. J. And I've actually, I've got Dr. J on, on this list as number two because we're not including LeBron. So I've got number three overall. But Dr. J is number two. Electric player. Uh, you know, known for a lot of things in the NBA. If you've never seen the highlight on Isaac, I'm sure you have, where he's going in, he swoops, and he takes it off from the one side and pretty much just floats through the air and then flips it back up. Uh, you know, that's when people, I remember early 80s, people started to talk, and I, I don't remember when that play happened. I don't know the year, but that's when people started to talk about hang time because then uh, Jordan came into the league and then just talked about the athleticism and amazing things they could do. But... Some people have said that that play is the single best play in NBA history. Uh, it's a cool play. Not in terms of momentum shot, but just sure. like an amazing play. Uh, love Dr. J. So I, I have KD here. I want to, like, there's a good chance that he even goes up higher. Like, he might pass Bird. I don't think he will, but I think there's a chance, right? Like, if the Nets figure it out and he gets two rings in Brooklyn, he's probably had Larry Bird. So just as of right now, I've got KD here. We talked about scoring a few episodes ago. KD I had as the second best scorer of all time behind Michael. And I stand by that. Um, look, like his two rings, yeah, they came with the Warriors and not the the Thunder. A bit of a hit on him, but we've never seen anything like KD and we won't for a long time. So I've got KD this high. Could move up, right? This is as of right now. Okay. Uh, so we both have uh, the Hick from French Lick, Larry Bird, is number two on uh, our list, including LeBron or without LeBron, number one. He was an amazing offensive player. He just did stuff. Best trash talker ever. Not yeah, a great there. defensive player, but again, defense was not as focused in the league. Three all-defensive selections. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that must have just been reputation because... Uh, well, LeBron has a few that he shouldn't have got either, so yeah. it's... Goes hand in hand. Anyway, Larry was a lot of fun to watch. I hated him, right? Because Boston, and he was, you know, he, he beat on the Pistons for a bunch of years, but uh, he was fun to watch. And and look at some of the old trash talk stuff where, like, uh, you know, he was guarding, uh, sorry, when Dennis Rodman, who was, you know, maybe the best defensive player ever to play against uh, Bird, was guarding him. And Bird's just lighting him up, and he'd be yelling at him, he'd yell at Chuck Daly, Chuck, you got to get somebody guarding me. When I'm wide open, it's too easy to take a shot. And then he'd light him up again, and then he'd be like, "Chuck, I'm gonna score 60. Like, you gotta bring somebody in to guard me because this this guy isn't isn't covering it." And then the first three point contest in uh, NBA history, he walks in and, and just says, "Okay, who's number two? Because I'm number one." Like the whole time he just kept talking trash the whole weekend, and he won. So he could really back it up. And then the game where he just scored everything left handed. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the big thing when yeah. people talk about Bird, the left handed game. I don't. Do you know more of the details? I think he scored like 47 or something, a lot mm. of which were left-handed. Um, like, it's just crazy. That Like, if that happened in today's league, 
you would not be able to open any social media app for <laughs> a week without seeing Larry Bird left-handed, Larry Bird left-handed. Yeah. And he would be a guy, if he played in today's league, he would have a big following, I think. Like, oh, for sure. Did, like, he had a huge following then. But I think that... Oh, he did amazing, like, fake passes. With social media and, and, and Larry Bird, I just yeah. think that would, like, that would be cool to see. So I've got Larry here, and then obviously we both have Braun 1 by, by a fair margin. Like, no doubt, um, the... Uh, Duke coach, Coach K, said LeBron is a top five player of all time. When we were listening to the radio a little while ago, do you remember that? He said LeBron's top five player of all time. I, I, I don't remember. So I'm going to say LeBron's a top five player of all time and not top two or top three or whatever. But we'll talk about that in a few episodes when we, we do our final ranking. But LeBron is probably a top three player on, on most people's list unless you're Skip Bayless. He's like nine, I think, on that list. Yeah. Um... He's a beast, right? And he if he wins two more rings, he's in the gold conversation. Don't come on. I, listen, in my in my extensive ten minutes of research last night, that's what I came up with. If he wins two more rings, he's in the conversation with Mike. They're Cole. fake rings with the best power forward on the planet. Yeah, is he a four? Or is he a five? Doesn't matter. I'm Whatever it is, he's the best. They have two of the top. Three or four players in the NBA. Ridiculous. Hey, we don't need to talk about LeBron anymore. Uh, jump into road trips. Road trips, yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna carry this one. But we've got an email that we're gonna read out. I have permission. Shout out, Coach Rob. Coach Rob, good listener of the show. Um, good good buddy of mine. And uh, he's done a few sports road trips in his day. And he actually sent in an email when he heard that we were doing this. So this is from uh, Coach Rob, an old baseball coach of mine. Enjoying the pod, keep busting Tal's chops when he says something you disagree with. It's my favorite part of the show. I'm not making that up. That's what he said. <laughs> Brett, this is his son, who's my age, who I play baseball with. Brett and I had a glorious 10-day trip to Boston, three days, in New York, seven days. It's awesome. Fenway Park should be the number one destination for any baseball fan. City Field is very underrated. That's where the Mets play in New York. Mm-hmm. Great park, good food options, and now they have Lindor. <laughs> U.S. Open Tennis. What a fantastic day, but it was very hot. We saw Milos Raonic, Stan Wawrinka, and Venus Williams. You're a big tennis guy. So I'm a huge love that. tennis guy. Yankee Stadium. I hate the Yankees, but that place was awesome. Huge and impressive building. Good food choices and reasonably priced. Plus, we saw the 2018 Tigers. Just a terrible <laughs> team. That's what he wrote. <laughs> Hit two home runs in the ninth inning to beat the Yankees, and the Yankee fans were so upset it made the whole trip. This is my favorite game I have attended, and I saw the Maple Leafs win a Game 7 in person in 1994. So, thanks Coach Rob for emailing in. We appreciate it. And great sports road trip. New York and Boston. That's a great road trip. Um, Let me just talk about road trips for a second. It's funny. You you talk to people and you hear guys who do golf trips, or they go on vacation, and then they work in a game. And, And that's not what we do. Like, we do... Sports road trips. It is totally focused on how many sports, how many different venues, how many different leagues can we work into a weekend. Uh, so we've done a bunch of them over the years. Uh, you know, we've done a couple good ones. Chicago, we did Chicago. We worked in a Bulls game on Friday. And then we went up and watched the uh, Michigan Wolverines against Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah. Uh, we went with the, the Attridge boys, and, and it was really cold uh, in Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm not sure if Nathan has stopped crying yet because he was, he was so cold. It was, just, it was really cold, and he was, he was pretty sad. He was, he was little. But 
<clears throat> anyway, he recovered and came back really good. And then uh, we watched the Lions and the Bears on Sunday. So compact weekend, and then two local teams that we were able to see. That was fun. We did a pretty cool Pittsburgh trip with the, the Ogley boys. We went to a Friday night lights game in Youngstown, Ohio, where they've got you know like 10,000 fans for a high school game. And my gosh, it was... A lot of cops, too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty impressive. Then Saturday, we went to watch a pit... And I think it was BC. I think it was Boston Syracuse. College. Oh, Syracuse. Good call. Uh, so Pittsburgh and the Syracuse game, Saturday during the day. Saturday night, we saw the Habs and the Penguins. Oh, and I should say, we don't have tickets for the stuff. We're scalping everything. I think the Bulls, we might have bought those ahead of time. But uh, Michigan and Wisconsin, scalped. Lions and Bears, scalped. Uh, the Youngstown, Ohio, obviously, you just walk up. Uh, Pittsburgh game, scalped. Habs and Penguins, that was a tough ticket to get. Yeah. Um, Made some friends. <laughs> no, it was, it was hard, man. Yeah. And then, uh, so that was Saturday night, and then Sunday during the day, Steelers and the Falcons. And that, surprisingly, was actually a really easy ticket to get. To It the, was, yeah. Like we, like, we go with no tickets. Like, we bring limited clothes and figure it out. Um, you know, like, a lot of people are surprised when it comes up that we didn't go on StubHub and pay... You know, a hundred extra dollars for charges and fees, where we just go up and make friends with Doug on the street and get tickets from Doug and go. Yeah, usually, you can figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing, college football, it's very hard to yeah. buy tickets if you're part of the away team, right? Like if you want to watch Michigan play in Wisconsin, North Northwestern, or whatever, you can't wear a Michigan jersey because nobody will sell you anything. We cover up you, our Michigan stuff. I yeah, just cover up Michigan stuff and then you go. Uh, but the best road trip we ever had was Boston, which is a year ago in October. Uh, Boston, great sports city. And normally we try to drive to our uh, sports road trips, but Boston, obviously, we had to fly. So I flew into Boston on Friday, toured around a little bit. Opening night, Celtics and uh, Raptors. Raptors. Raptors had won the championship, so it was an awesome game. And we, uh, we were able to get tickets. That was a little tough, but we were able to get in. It's a... Really, really cool place to watch a game. Saturday during the day, we booked a tour of Fenway Park. The Red Sox had not made the uh, the playoffs, so they were out. But we were still able to see Fenway. I had been to Fenway a few years before and watched Verlander pitch, which was cool. But the tour of the stadium might have even been cooler than watching the game. It was amazing. Uh, so then that brings us to Saturday night. And we've got... Um, who was in town? Um... St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues had won the uh, uh, Stanley Cup. So this was a Stanley Cup rematch, the Blues and the Bruins. And that was also a tough scalping and back and forth, back and forth. Uh, we, some guy comes up and he's got, oh, I've got two tickets. Uh, they're in a booth. And we're like, ah, we don't want to go in a booth. And we weren't dressed well. And I'll tell you that in a second, uh, why, why we weren't dressed very well. But again, we're going back and forth, back and forth. It's getting pretty close to game time. Key to scalping is you have to be able to say no. You have to be able to walk away. And, and wait. And wait and recognize that you may not get in, but wait, be patient, haggle, haggle, haggle. So then finally, so this guy wanted 150 bucks a ticket for the uh, the suite seats, S-U-I-T-E, not S-W-E-E-T. Finally, just before game time, we buy them 75 bucks a piece. We go in and then it's one of those things, okay, you've got to get past the security guard and then get past another security guard and then we get let into this uh, private booth. Lots of old dudes. Everybody's dressed up, and we're dressed like bums. Do you remember what I was wearing? 
I do not remember. Uh, so Michigan Wolverines played that night. Against oh, Notre Michigan was Dame. playing Notre Dame. That's so right. I was wearing my Michigan Tom Brady jersey, which you've seen in the back if you if you watch on YouTube, which is a good jersey to wear in Boston, but doesn't fit when you're in a booth with a bunch of uh, old guys in suits. So uh, whoever I mean, we'll call her Karen, but she wasn't Karen. It was Sally who was in charge of the booth, and she walks up and she's polite and she said, "Oh." You know, who are your guests with tonight? Who are you here? And I kind of explained where we were. And she said, well, this is actually the Boston Bruins alumni booth. So you're really not allowed to be in here. But uh, let's see if we can just, you know, let it, let it slide for a while. So Isaac and I are like, we'll be super respectful. We understand. Sorry about this. We just, you know, we bought tickets on the street. So we were kind of off the side, just talking to a couple people that were talking to us, but trying to be real respectful, quiet, and just kind of blend in. Then after a little while, she comes up and says, listen, while you're here, why don't you go have, have yourself something to eat, have a glass of wine. So by the end of the first period, we're hammering chicken fingers and I'm drinking Pinot Noir and having good cookies. So, uh, the Boston uh, Garden or TD Garden, whatever, TD, TD yeah. Garden, the sweet food is very good. So then she says, oh, let me introduce you to a couple guys. And so she brings us over to some Boston Bruins alumni. Rick Middleton was there when he had left earlier. Oh, my God. What's the name of the guy? The chief. The old guy. Retired Hall of Famer for Boston. Ah, I have to figure it out. Uh, Johnny Busick? Johnny Busick. Yeah. So we chatted with him for 20 minutes because he played with Detroit. He, he talked about growing up in Windsor and spending time here. It was amazing. Uh, again, no, just lucky. <clears throat> and so then Sunday, Sunday got a little bit complicated because we were going to Gillette Stadium, which is not close to Boston. It's like an hour away. Uh and then the completion of the Patriots game, it's Patriots and Browns, there was not a lot of time between the completion of that game and when we had to catch a flight to get home. They don't allow anything to go into uh, Gillette Nothing. Stadium, right? Because of security and all that stuff. So then we had planned that. <clears throat> so what we did, whatever we wore Friday and Saturday, we put in backpacks and just gave to homeless dudes. So by Sunday at noon... We had nothing except the clothes we were wearing, our phone chargers, and my book. I think I stuffed a, our toothbrushes in our pocket. And that, that, that's it. <clears throat> no, I, I, I gave my toothbrush and my toiletries away in the, the bag to the okay. homeless dude. So, just me. so uh, we didn't wear our best clothes. So it's funny. All weekend, we're just kind of not wearing super nice stuff because we were giving it away. Now it's Sunday. We take uh, Subway out. Then we had to Uber the last way to uh, Gillette Stadium. That's a tough ticket as well. Yeah. Super tough ticket. I mean, you know, we were looking on, on StubHub. It's 400 450 bucks a ticket. Like, this oh, was a couple months before. So this was like Cleveland, uh, beginning of the season. Cleveland was having a bunch of hype. And, oh, yeah. Right? So we looked yeah. on the StubHub and they were super expensive because Cleveland at this point in team, at this point in time, was supposed to be one of the best teams in football. Yeah. So we waited, waited, waited. Cleveland lost a bunch of games. And tickets literally dropped, I think, like 50%. Like, yeah, we but got them still, for half. No, but it was still 250 bucks on StubHub. Ra- rather than 600 or 500, 500 or whatever bucks, yeah. it was initially. Beginning <clears throat> the season. So I was going up and we're walking and talking to people. And this dude is on the phone yelling at somebody. Not yelling at his wife, but having a tough conversation with his wife. And then, uh, you know, I asked him if he's got any tickets. And he was angry. And he comes back a little bit later. He's like, ah, my sons are not coming to the game. You want them? And so they were, I don't know, $225 tickets. I think we paid about 125 bucks each for them. Really, really Great good seat. seats. 
Uh, him and his wife came. They only, I don't think they only stayed for the first half. Yeah, they left uh, and we met friends. We made friends with some other dudes who I think uh, we still follow on Instagram. I hope they'll listen to the podcast. Uh, anyway, we worked in all four sports, major sports in Boston, not having any tickets. When people from Boston who we talked to about what we we're doing, they were shocked because everything is such a tough ticket in Boston. It, it was, I think, the best sports road trip we've ever done. Yeah. Um, it'll be a tough one to beat. You know, New York has a lot of options in terms of pro sports. But if you ever do uh, Philly, that's, that was one we talked about. <clears throat> Philly, yeah. So uh, let me just finish like the last little bit of the Boston trip. So uh, New England game, our fight gets delayed, 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 delayed. So we stay for, I think, the end of the game. Yeah, we were, we were probably going to have to leave at the beginning of the fourth quarter. We're gonna, yeah, fourth. We are going to leave early, but our fight just kept getting delayed and delayed. This is on a Sunday night, right? I've got school Monday. He's got work Monday. So we stay for, I think, the end. Maybe we left at the two-minute morning because the game was done. And straight to the airport in nothing, like just wearing whatever we had, no bags. And we get in, and it was pretty late. And do you, like by the time we left, was it after midnight when we flew out of the airport? Oh, the flight was delayed, yeah. The flight, flight did not one? leave until after like 12.30, 12.45. So this was uh Now, Monday late. morning. So he goes to bed around 7 p.m. Like, after we finish recording, he's going to bed. Like, on most nights, he goes to bed really early. Okay, I go to bed, but I get up early. Come on. Okay, so he, we're in the airport. He falls asleep in the airport after about three minutes of arriving. And uh, something like football's on. It was the, for sure the Chiefs, I feel like it was the Packers too. I'm not sure, but the, for sure the Chiefs were playing. So I'm just watching Sunday Night Football, making friends with, like, football dudes around me talking about the game. He's just like out for a very long period of time. And I think a couple people are kind of alarmed because like, oh, you like, is that guy okay? Like he's just completely out. He has no bag. Like how did he get in? So we get on our flight. We get home. I think it was like we were in bed after three. I think we got to bed about 3.30. And I went to bed for three hours and woke up and went to school on Monday. And I went to bed at 3.30, got up at uh, 7 and made it to work for like 7.45. Yeah, and I went, yeah, 7.45, and I was at school at 8.30. Like, crazy. And uh, and went on with the day. It was, it was a tough day. Yeah, it was we a little quiet. It's, but. A, it's a fun road trip. And, and here's the thing about road trips. Um, <clears throat> what makes a good road trip? The variety of sports. The city that you go to. Uh, the company, obviously, the people that you're with. Uh, and it, it's an adventure, right? Like, to not, like, I don't get intimidated by scalping back and forth and, and negotiating with people. Uh, it's a bit of an adventure and I really am looking forward to when uh, COVID breaks and we can go watch sports again because that's some of the funnest memories that we've had uh, with each other but also with other friends and uh, do some sports road trips if you want some tips just reach out to us on Instagram about uh, some of the other tips that we've got okay you want to wrap things up now yeah thanks very much episode number 10 again all the ways to watch and listen to us uh, if you on if you watch us on YouTube subscribe to our YouTube channels and then uh, leave a review on podcasts. Uh, We're going to start bringing some uh, more folks in to participate in uh, the truth with Tal and Isaac. Have a great night.